Welcome to the Bearded Tits podcast, the nature-based show hosted by me, Jack Perks. Each week I'm joined by a guest from the world of wildlife television, art and science. We take a light-hearted look into what makes these people tick and connect with the natural world so strongly, with new episodes out every Tuesday. This week I'm speaking to Hannah O'Regan, who is an Associate Professor in Archaeology at the University of Nottingham. She's published multiple papers on numerous subjects, from human-non-human interactions, effects of pollution on humans, and today's subject, which is beers in Britain. We discuss when beers roam the UK, when they died out, and if there's a possible future for bringing them back. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter, at TitBearded, and there's now a Facebook page, The Bearded Tits Podcast. Here's the interview. Well, welcome to the podcast, Anna. Hello, Jack. Just remind me, what do you do at the University of Nottingham? What's your role? So I'm an associate professor in archaeology and I specialise in bones. So I study the remains of humans and other animals any time period, really. I've worked on material from two million years ago right up until, you know, present day, really. And it's fair to say that bears are of interest to you, isn't it? Bears, yes. (laughs) Yes, I've been doing quite a lot of work on bears. It turned out that they'd been somewhat neglected. As I worked on carnivores, I worked on caves and cave archaeology, and I'd also done some work on zoos. Bears turned out to be the perfect animal to study because they're carnivores, they sleep in caves, and they turn up in zoos. <laughs> so like, like many people, I think uh, a lot of people will realise that we did have bears in the UK, but they probably don't know much more than that. So when did we last have bears roaming freely in, in Britain? You started with a very good question there. We don't actually know. So there's two ideas which I've put forward, confirmed either of them yet. One is that they become extinct sort of in the Neolithic into the Bronze Age. So we're looking sort of four, four and a half thousand years ago. Oh, wow. Um, That long ago. Yes. Yeah. So uh, once people start farming, clearing the field, clearing forests to make fields, etc., it becomes harder for a large carnivore to, to... find space to live in or alternatively there is one bone from the Yorkshire Dales which dates to the early medieval period about 600 AD so just after the Romans and so one possibility is that that could be an outlier a last bear but one another possibility is that it could have been put there by people and isn't actually a wild animal at all right Um, so so quite a quite a big difference in time scale then isn't it like for what's that over 4,000 years between them uh, well, there's two. Yeah, so it's it's about yeah. So the Bronze Age would be about four and a half thousand years ago up, and it would be about fifteen hundred years ago for the yes, yeah, so oh, right. six thousand okay. year gap. Okay, is there any indication of how numerous bears would have been? I mean, I guess if they were really numerous, we'd be finding bones all the time, wouldn't we? Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't have much information on them. One of the things about bears is we tend to find their remains in caves probably because they were denning in caves to hibernate and then they, some of them don't survive the winter. And so we, 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 we find their bones in there. I mean, that's good because they're, they're well-preserved and often caves are in places where sometimes the soils aren't very good for preserving bones. So, so we've got this sort of snapshot of bears in various places around the country that have caves. And then the question is, to what extent are they representative of other animals that might not have been in areas that have caves? And we really don't know. Right. And what species would they have been? Well, Britain 
in the last sort of 10, 20,000 years, we're looking at, at um, brown bears. Uh, are they the same as grizzly or are they separate? They are. They're the they same are. species as the grizzly, okay. um, but it's got different names where, depending on where you go in the world. But yes, right. it's all the brown bear, Ursus arctus. We do have evidence of polar bears in Britain, but they're really? much earlier. They're much earlier back in the last ice age. Oh, okay. And then people import them as no, for novelty value. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> a bit later. But yes, so so brown bears is largely what we're looking at archaeologically. And I guess if you go far enough back, we would have had cave bears, would we? There's a little bit of evidence for cave bears, yeah. Yeah, they're the... Not um, lot, no, no, but they're, they're much bigger, aren't they? They're the, the really big bears, aren't they? Is that right? A bit bigger than the brown bear. I think Arctodus was the massive bear. That was the oh. really hypercarnivorous one from, from Alaska. Oh, am I getting mixed up? Okay. The cave bear was probably just a, a large herbivore, a large vegetarian bear. That, oh, is that right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, sorry, no. So size doesn't necessarily mean it's a big, a big mean carnivore, does it? So no. Okay. And and we've got nothing in Britain like the big sites that you have in, in, in Europe where you've got thousands, tens of thousands of, of cave bear bones. We've got nothing like that here. No. And I guess you've kind of already answered this then, but so when did bears die out it's between the two you reckon it's either four thousand or, or or medieval ages is when you reckon that the last kind of possible native bears were went yes. extinct. Yeah, yeah i mean i'd put my money on the earlier period but we're doing some radiocarbon dating at the moment so that might we're working on the material so what's happened is there's been dated material comes from archaeological sites because if you find a pot next to a bare bone you can infer that it's similar date to the pot but all this material from the cave sites we didn't know what age the wild bears were. So we've been radiocarbon dating the wild bears and hopefully soon we'll have some idea of what the patterns of wild bears in Britain look like. And so presumably then you are finding bear remains in these archaeological sites every now and again. So you mentioned not common, but they are turning up. Yes, um, every now and again a site will turn up a bear bone, but no, they're not at all common. Uh, looking at, I think I've got a list of about 80 sites across Britain for the last sort of 11,000 years or so. Oh, okay. So pretty, pretty rare. And is it, I mean, I guess, would it be that they're, they're there because the bear died or is there some significance to to people bringing those bones in? Like so maybe spiritual or, or, or you said ornamental or things like that. Is that, is that one of the main reasons? I think we're probably looking at a lot of different reasons. In right. some cases, there may well be a sort of spiritual, as you say, or, or ritual aspect to having some bare remains at the site. Uh, in other cases, we're looking at claws in particular. We find the last, the terminal phalange, the one that we've got our fingernails on for humans. We've, um, we find quite a lot of those in cremations. So there's a couple of Iron Age cremations which have these claws. And then in the early medieval period, we get cremated claws again. And that's probably people being wrapped in bear skins and then cremated. Ah, and I guess, I mean, I suppose there's no way of us knowing why they did that, but presumably some sort of pagan religion is it or something like that or we just we'll never know i guess will we no i mean there's there's work from scandinavia where they it's more common they're still not really common but but bear bear claws do turn up in in graves and cremations again over there and it may not be that it may be in some cases the bear is important but in other cases it's probably that the bear is just an exotic imported item so for so for britain sorry it is probably particularly in the Iron Age, I think, an imported exotic thing. No, it doesn't necessarily matter if it's a bear, but no. you've got it from somewhere else. 
and right. that means you've got money and you've got connections. Uh, um, so like a status thing then? Yes, yeah, yeah. whereas from Scandinavia where the bear is local, or at least, you know, you don't have to sail for days in order to get hold of your bear skin, they, they seem to be a bit more common. Okay, that makes more sense. And obviously if we look at wider European folklore like Scandinavian or, in, you know, Germany, Brothers Grimm and things like that, bears feature quite a lot. But I was trying to think if, if bears feature in any British folklore or literature, and I couldn't really think of any, but I don't know if any spring to mind for you. No, and that's part of my feeling as to why bears are extinct quite early. Yeah. Because I have a feeling that if they were still wandering around, it would have been incorporated into the stories that we have, and they're not. And also, if you look at place name evidence, there's multiple place names for other extinct animals from Britain, like the beaver or the wolf. Yeah. Bear place names are very, very rare. And when they do turn up, they can often be tied back to someone with a tame bear living there rather than it being you know the place where the bears are i see yeah, i seem to remember I, I watched your your online talk before we did this and you mentioned there's a pub somewhere isn't there is it the i can't remember the name of the pub but it's because of bear baiting why where it got the name is that right oh there's one in yes yes sorry yes in nottingham yes the dog and yeah. bear pub that's it so that was presumably because of bear baiting is it uh yes yeah, yeah. so nottingham uh, uh was was known for bear baiting but then most 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 city or towns were bear baiting happened everywhere uh in you know people the town council would pay for the bear ward to bring the bears to be baited and and in nottingham you've got the dog and bear pub or the former dog and bear pub because it's not the dog and bear anymore but above the doors or no sorry above the windows of, of the building there is a dog on one side and a bear on the other so uh, it, it is even in the architecture it's it's linking the dogs and the bears together so for those that don't know, what is bear baiting and, and how popular was it? So bear baiting is a sport, I say in inverted commas, of getting dogs to attack a bear. And we think people would bet on the outcome, but we don't know because there's very little sort of archival work being done in this area. You needed a license to own a bear, which you got from the king or the king's representatives. So it was it was quite a high status thing to have a bear ward. Whether it was a high status thing to be a bear ward, I'm not quite so sure, because you know you're the person taking the bear around the country. But you would arrive in a village or a town, you would be paid by the town council to bait your bear. Um, and probably there is betting going on in the background, which is really where you make your money, but we don't know about that bit. Yeah, and that. I guess is a more extreme version of like badger baiting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it is. It is sort of, it is the ancestor, I suppose, of badger baiting. And I mean, you had bull baiting, you had bear baiting. So those were the two sort of really big common ones that, that would happen in marketplaces all over the place. But you also had a number of other blood sports, things that you'd never think about nowadays. I mean, cockfighting, a lot of people have heard of, but throwing at cocks where basically you'd tie a, cockfall to a stick or bury it in the ground and then throw rocks at it you know you don't hear about that as a sport anymore but you know that was quite popular as well it's quite odd what people got up to in the past when it comes to animals the one i really love that i've never really read much about or heard much about is the fact that stamford and various places around lincolnshire used to have bull running so like the pamplona bull run all right would set a bull running through through the town and people would go out and that was the big festival once a year. Wow, I did not know that would happen there, around there. I was going to say, I wonder why it doesn't go on, but there's an obvious reason why it doesn't go on now, isn't there? So I don't know, it's, yeah, uh, it's crazy. It's, it's, so 
certainly the the narrative we have now of British Britain, the nation of animal lovers, you know, stepped back a couple of hundred years and it was a different society and yeah. they were doing different things. Yeah, I bet. And so when did bear baiting kind of go out of favour then? Now, that's a good question. What we know is that it's made illegal in 1835. So there's a, a law passed which makes bull baiting and bear baiting and cockfighting illegal then. What we don't know yet is about how it declines. So after the, so it was very, very popular during the Tudors. So Henry VIII, um, Elizabeth I, and then into the Stuarts with James I, all loved animal baiting. You know, it was the thing. There were arenas built in London on the south bank of the Thames where you could go and watch it. It was very formalized in London. Then when Charles II came back after the restoration, he asked for a bear baiting arena to be built because the Puritans had had them all demolished. And so that was one of the first acts he did was to have the bear baiting arena built. But then uh, that closes down in the 1680s and another one isn't built. So that suggests the beginning of a decline. Because I guess, like, say, cockfighting, for example, everyone's going to have chickens. They're small animals. They're probably quite easy to do an underground uh, cockfight. But a bear, if that's illegal... Where are you going to get an illegal bear from and where are you going to hide it to do this sort of thing? So I, I can understand why that maybe didn't continue uh, as as much as that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's hard. It's harder to hide your bear, although there are a couple of. Well, there's one drawing in London in the, in the British Museum of an indoor bear baiting arena. So uh, I mean, an illegal if you, one. If you had a, pardon? An illegal one. No, this was prior to it. This was prior. OK, OK, OK. But. You know, if you if you could do it indoors and if you were set up to do it indoors, then then you might get away with it for a bit longer. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Well, it's not amazing. It's terrible. But it's just interesting what kind of made these people decide to do it. And one of the things that we had beers for was beer grease. So, again, like what's what's beer grease? So bear's grease is literally what it says. It is the the fat of a bear. You can do two things to it. You can use it as it is, you know, render it down so it becomes a bit like... I suppose lard. It's basically lard, but bear lard. Or, or um, particularly in North America, they had bear oil, which was an oil that you would use to cook with. But, but in Britain, bear's grease, which was a yeah bear lard, which you would use to put on your hair. And particularly if you were a gentleman who was beginning to lose their hair, it was supposed to make it um, thicker and grow better. And that goes back to Pliny with the ancient Greeks. And he said that that's what it was useful for. And that just carried on for several thousand years of people using it. Presumably, there's no evidence to suggest that it does. Not that I know of. No, no, no. no. OK, then the, the bears are safe for now, then. And what what prompted you to study study these bears and why? Why pick those? I mean, you mentioned at the beginning uh, there wasn't a lot done on them prior. So was it that kind of attracted to you or, or have you always been interested in bears? Yeah, well, as I say, I worked on carnivores, and and they are a, they're they're an obvious carnivore to study. And yes, I was finding their remains in cave sites, and you get them in zoos. It just seemed to be something that sort of came together in all of my interests, sort yeah. of coalesced in in one large furry animal that it turned out hadn't really been studied in Britain, not really, and since about um, 1906 quite a while then there were a couple of books i should mention uh, Derek yaldon did an excellent book in 1999 i think it was called the history of british mammals where he pulled together a big table of all of the finds of bears uh and then andy hammond had a chapter in a book 
called Extinction and Invasions, edited by Terry O'Connor and Naomi Sykes, where he also pulled together more recent bears. So I was building on that work. But in terms of someone going back and actually looking at the remains of the bears themselves at each site and seeing the bones, nobody had done it since 1906. Yeah, it's mad to think how long a gap there is between that, isn't there? Yeah, I think partly it's because they're very rare, so it's very hard to make a big project out of them. And also, they're, I mean, they're not really, and, and we'll probably talk about rewilding, but they're not the obvious candidate um, to no. put back in the landscape compared no. to some other... Other creatures. Yeah, and, and you've led me nicely, because that's going to be my uh, my next and final question. So, obviously, rewilding is something we've covered on the podcast a few times, and it's it seems to be the currency of the day at the moment with people trying to bring back all kinds of creatures. And bears, uh, sometimes they get lumped in bears and wolves, and, and sometimes on their own to a degree. But I just wondered what were your thoughts on the reintroduction of, of bears in the UK? Is, is it practical in your eyes, or is it more of a pipe dream? Yeah, I mean, it would be lovely, wouldn't it? I mean, who wouldn't like to go to the Peak District and see a family of bears wandering across the landscape? I mean, I would. It would be brilliant. But I don't think it's practical. I think we're too small a landmass. We have too many people. I think it could only be uh, a sort of uh, an enclosed sort of tourist environment. They wouldn't be free-living free living bears. And I'm not sure why we would be suggesting them. They're not like beavers, you know, able to actually change the landscape for the better. They're not like perhaps wolves, which are, you know, move on the deer and keep them shifting. I mean, they will. They will certainly eat deer if they get their claws on them. Uh, moose is a big part of their diet, or moose, moose calves are a big part of their diet in Scandinavia. But I don't see them having that core role that needs to be uh, replicated. And I think they're just a bit too big. I think it would probably concern a lot of people, isn't it? I mean, I guess because we've lived so long without large predators, you know, it's, it's always, for me, if you go to a country where there are large predators, it can be a bit nerve-wracking. But then, obviously, there are people who live with these things every single day and they just know to be wary and whatever. I just think you'd maybe have a hard time convincing the British public to, to release a, a very large, potentially dangerous animal in, into the wild free roaming but like you say I do like the idea of heading up to the Peak District and seeing a family of bears but I don't know maybe one day who knows yeah I mean I agree with you about the woodland I don't think I've ever been so conscious of being in a wood as when I was in uh, Romania with a ham sandwich in my rucksack and I'd just seen some bears um, <laughs> but yeah yes it makes it makes the environment a very very different place I think that's interesting when we think about the past because we don't tend because we're not used to putting those sorts of animals in the woodland, when we're thinking about the Neolithic or the Mesolithic, we're not thinking about it being such a very different place with wild boars and lynx and bears and, and really a very, very different environment that you wouldn't just pop in for a Sunday scroll. You'd have no. to think about going in. Yeah, definitely. I, I was in Hungary uh, two or three years ago on the Hungary-Slovenian border, and I went out uh, in, in the morning to go see if I could find some fire salamanders. I thought, I'll go see if I can... So I was just in the woodland looking under logs and things and I was out there all morning and I came back for breakfast and the, and the guys went oh did you see the bear this morning and I went what bear I didn't know there were bears here and I went oh yeah it was seen uh, just a couple of miles down the road and I was thinking oh bloody hell <laughs> you know this thing I, I think I would have I would have been in equal measure in awe and a, and a healthy respect if I'd seen it I don't think I'd have panicked too much but had I known there was a bear I probably wouldn't have uh, 
gone out on my own, you know. Yes, yeah, and I think it is interesting to think of the landscape as not this, I mean, really for us, a Sunday stroll, go out and get some exercise, let's see the sun and, you know, um, as, as being, being much more dynamic and being much more, we've, yeah, you need to think about it. Definitely. Well, it's been fascinating to talk to you about this. I mean, again, it's a subject I never really knew it was, uh, well, potentially as, as, as late as the medieval period. I'd like to think they were hanging around that long. But obviously, people don't realise that we did have beers in the UK at one point. So thanks for coming on to the podcast. You're very welcome. That was Hannah O'Regan. Some really interesting stuff there, because I think a lot of people realise that we did have beers in Britain, but have very little idea of how far back and how much we interacted with them. So it's great to hear all of that. Now, next week, I've got Gregor Larson on, and he is going to be talking about how we got from a wolf, basically, to a dachshund. We're talking domestication, and he is a professor at the University of Oxford, and he's going to be going in-depth about how that process happened. Hopefully you enjoyed today's show. This has been the Bearded Tits podcast. I've been your host, Jack Perks, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Cheers.